Well, good morning. How are we doing this morning? Guys, I'm Harrison. As Kyle said earlier, I'm excited to be with you. And uh, we're going to start out a little differently today. What I want you to do is I want you to close your eyes. Maybe a little weird. We don't usually start messages like this. Close your eyes. If you're new, welcome. No one's going to steal your stuff. We're not a cult. We're not going to suck the soul right out of you. We're just going to go on a little journey on an exercise together. Close your eyes. And we've already had breakfast. We're coming close up on lunch. I want you to picture your favorite burger joint. Don't look at me. You're not picturing me. You're picturing your favorite burger joint. Not your spouse's burger joint, your burger joint. I want you to, I want you to be there. Maybe it's a sit-down place. Maybe it's a fast food restaurant. Maybe you are in your car eating this greasy goodness in shame because you don't want anyone else to know. Wherever you are, be there. All right, I want, you to, I want you to take your hands, eyes are still closed, and I want you to bring them to your mouth, and I want you to pretend to take a bite. It's sultry, it's good, it's delicious for the ladies, it has no calories, and it makes you thinner. You don't need to be thinner, but it will make you thinner. Maybe, maybe for you it's got crispy bacon, avocado, or some of this like, sauce that just drips down your chin into your beard, you're there, you're with me. Mm. Don't open your eyes, I'm not taking a bite, I don't have a burger, I'm just taking you there. All right, I want you to take, I want, take your hands up again, a lot of you aren't doing it, take your hands up again, I want you to take another bite, take another bite, taste the goodness, the deliciousness, mm. mm-hmm. oh, we're there. oh my goodness. It's like it's real. It's like we're all eating the same thing. Oh my goodness, that was a big bite. Um, now, like me, you're probably all, we're all probably in the same place. We're all probably eating the same burger, and it's Whataburger. Am I right? If you're from Texas, it doesn't get much better than that. And so, if you've grown up here, you know that. If you're not from here, well, then you need to go to Whataburger for lunch and experience the goodness of Whataburger. It's amazing. It is enjoyable. Food for me is delightful. It is amazing. It's kind of spicy. It's a Monterey melt on Texas toast. If anyone's looking for your all-time favorite, go get it. Food is a delight for me. Some other things that fill me with delight, things that come to mind for me are my family. This is my family. My wife, Hunter, my three boys. Uh, What is delightful for me is sitting with my wife, spending time with her. It fills me with delight. Hanging with my boys. Here's another picture of us. We just love to be silly and hang around. Having little kids and hearing the laughter of them running through the halls, it fills me with delight. I'm wearing this today so that I could appease my wife. She said, this is more socially acceptable. But if I could choose, I'd be wearing this. I'd be, I'd be, I'd be just jumped out as the, as the ringmaster and the greatest showman. We did this for D-Town last year. I grew up doing theater, and I love it. I love to perform. I love to do these things. It is delightful. I love to create. I love art. I love nature. I love to be outside, to be in the mountains. I love a beautiful sunset, a good cup of coffee, just laughter. You ever just been filled with laughter or you're around someone who has this amazing loud laugh and you're just like, I don't know why I'm smiling. It's amazing. It is delightful. Or to sit around a campfire with good friends going deep in conversation. All of those things fill me with delight. What fills you with delight? What gives you delight? Maybe it's not food. 
Maybe it's being as far away from outside of the mosquitoes as possible or from a stage. That's okay, but what gives you delight? Maybe you like running, like Eric Liddell, who said, when I run, I feel God's pleasure. God bless you, because when I run, I feel God's wrath. When I run, it's like every step I take, God is smiting me in the shins, just like, ah, it's miserable. I hate running, but maybe you love it. Maybe you just love to work out. Maybe it's music or travel, travel, or maybe it's sports. A lot, of, a lot of people in here love sports. Maybe you, watch, you love to watch your favorite team win, or maybe better than winning, you love to see your hated team lose. Am I right? You love to see the Aggies lose. Yes. Yeah. Oh, come on. All of, I'm surprised you didn't whoop. I was hoping you would because I love when you get whooped. I love to whoop on that. I love that. It fills me with delight. It is a joy. All of we, uh, we have these different things that fill us with delight. I think we all get it. We understand it. But what is delight? I wanted to know, and so I looked it up. And delight, the definition of delight is happiness, joy, fulfillment, extreme pleasure, satisfaction. Delight. What an amazing word. A word that the British have watered down and said, oh, would you like a spot of tea? Oh, I'd be delighted. They've just watered it down. It doesn't mean that this is the greatest stuff on earth. Things that we dream about, things that we want, it's the giddiness of a child. The giggle that you hear, that you see, this is my son Hugh, who loves sweet tea. And when he's holding sweet tea, he has everything in the world that he's ever wanted. He is just giggly and smiley, and all of it is in his hands. He is delighted. You should see when he gets to Chick-fil-A, it's even better than McAllister's. It is the giddiness that he has. It's elation and enjoyment and satisfaction. It's the love of a young couple. You can see it on their face. You can see it in the way they talk to each other and they interact. They are filled with delight. It's like Christmas morning. Kids on Christmas morning, they come tumbling down the the stairs. They don't even care if they fall. They can't wait to see what's there. They know what they're going to open. They know they're going to throw it away. And it doesn't matter. They probably are just going to fall in love with the box more than any toy that they get. But they are filled with delight. Kids get delight. But as adults, we just get disillusioned. Somewhere along the way, we go from this, I love sweet tea, I love Christmas, to nah. Maybe we feel it every once in a while. We enjoy seeing it in other people. Kids get delight. But we just kind of go on different paths and get disillusioned. But what I know about my own life, my friends, and all of us is we love delight. We search for it. We long for it. We look for it. Really, we want to be delighted in stuff, in vacations, in food, by leisure, by success, by pleasure, by entertainment, by success. Whatever we want to feel delighted, happiness, joy, Extreme pleasure, satisfaction. Does that describe your relationship with God? Because we all know how to enjoy pizza or football or sex, but when you put that word delight in front of God, 
it means next to nothing. But yet, this word is all over the scriptures that we can delight in him. Do I delight in God? Do you? I don't. But I want to. I long to. God is teaching me. I'm on a journey of learning. What is that? How can I? What keeps me from delighting in God? Because just as I just said, it is all over the scriptures. That word delight shows up 111 times. This isn't just some little thing that's sprinkled in a couple times. 111 times it speaks of it. All throughout the Psalms we see it. Psalm 119. One chapter of the Bible alone has this word ten times. I won't read them all, but you can see them. Over and over you see this word delight. It shows up. Your testimonies are my delight. I delight in your word. I delight in your statutes over and over and over. David has this. Others have this. God wants this for us. But do we delight in him? And so it's led me to study this word, and it's what we're going to look at today. We're going to look at delight. What is it we just saw? What keeps us from delighting in God? And then how can we? So if you've got your Bibles, open up to Psalm 37 is where we're going to camp out today. Mostly in one verse, but we'll sprinkle a little throughout. Head to Psalm 37. It'll also be on the screen. And here's what it says. Delight yourself in the Lord. And he will give you the desires of your heart. What a verse. I loved this verse growing up. In high school, I had to pick a life verse for an event. I went to a Christian school. I had to have a life verse as they announced me. I didn't have a life verse. And so I grab my Bible and I look at all the underlines and I'm trying to look for something that makes me sound spiritual or wise. And I come across this verse. Delight yourself in the Lord and he'll give you the desires of your heart. Oh, man, love Jesus and get whatever I want, I'm in. So I submitted my life verse. We get to the football field, Harrison Ross, life verse, Psalm 37. That's me, delighted, baby. And I had it all wrong. This verse is not about what I want and getting what I want. I'd flipped it on its head, and I think too often we do. Too often we look for our desires to bring us delight, but God has created us to delight in him and he will fulfill our desires. I'm gonna say that one more time and it's on the screen. Too often we look for our desires to bring us delight, but God has created us to delight in him and he will fulfill our desires. Our desires were never meant to satisfy us. Our chasing of our desires is only going to leave us empty, not having everything we've ever wanted fulfilled. But the lie we believe is if we chase them, we will find delight. So what do I desire? For most of us, what comes to mind is money, sex, fame, food, whatever this carnal pleasure is. For me, I chased the lust of my flesh for 12 years and more. For 12 years of my life, I was addicted to pornography. Not just like a periodic struggle, but like for a long stretch of time, every single day, I could not go to sleep without clicking on something, without taking my mind and my flesh somewhere to try to experience delight as I chased my desires. 
thinking that the next click, the next page, the next time, even though I was full of guilt and shame, would give me something or at least continue a feeling that I didn't know where I could get elsewhere. And instead of filling me with delight, it just left me hurt. It left me disconnected from the God that I loved. It caused deep pain in my own life, in the relationships of people around me. Now with my wife as I had to just unravel all of this web of of sin that I had pursued for so long. It left me depressed when I was in college instead of filling me with delight. It left me with despair and even death. If anyone's been on a journey like mine or pursuing any sort of fleshly desire or earthly desire, you know it doesn't lead to delight. It leads to despair and death. Romans 1 says this. Gives a list of all these things that that men were pursuing and it said that God gave them over to the lust of their flesh and to a debased mind. He just let them go for it and they were not delighted. It led to death. We get it backwards, thinking that if we chase these things, it will give us delight, but it doesn't. The verse says that God will give us the desires of our heart. In the scriptures, when you look at the heart, a lot of times that refers to not just the emotion, but the core of who you are, the center of someone's being, the deepest, the deepest part of who they are, the center of who they are. And it says that that. Not just what we want, but what we need and desire to be loved, to be accepted, to belong to something, to have purpose, to matter, to be wanted and not rejected, to be forgiven. Don't we all want this? Don't we long for this? That's often why we chase some desire to think, well, it might give me that eventually if I get enough money. If I get enough people to like me, or if I can just feel something, and it takes us on a journey that is never-ending instead of filling us with delight like God intends us. Others of us, maybe we're not chasing these fleshly desires or carnal desires, we're just distracted. Instead of being a slave to these sinful desires, we're just a slave to the culture of the world around us, the busyness of life, the glow of our phone the endless scroll of Instagram, Netflix, getting the next promotion at work, keeping everyone around us, and we are far too easily pleased, as C.S. Lewis says. We think that the next badge we click, the next email we fire off, that's gonna make us, finally, when that's over, we will feel delighted. Ah! And it pulls us away from intimacy with our Savior to be delighted in him. Or maybe even more than just being distracted, we're distracted by the doing for the Lord. We we have walked with him for so long or we're so excited to walk with him that we get so busy with Bible study and reading our Bible every day and, 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 and going to be a part of this thing and loving our community and serving in this capacity and, and X, Y, Z and checking off the boxes, all amazing things, all things that God calls us to be a part of, but we get so consumed with the doing that we miss out on the delight, the whole purpose that all of those things are leading us to. Westminster Confession 
says the chief end of man is to glorify God and enjoy him forever. What is your chief end? What is ultimate for you? What is it that you are pursuing to find life? Is it your job? Is it getting married? Is it your desires? Is it your pleasure, your success? Is it to enjoy God? Because that's what God created you for. That's what he is drawing you into is a relationship with him. The chief end of man is to know God and enjoy him forever, to glorify God and enjoy him forever. I asked a friend of my dad's who's been following Jesus for 42 years, which is a long time. Some of y'all have been doing that. Praise God. I just said, why? I'm a young guy on that journey. Will you just help teach me why? And he said, because I've never found anything better. I've tried it. I've, I've searched for it in alcohol, in women, in success at work, in all of the things and the pleasures of this life. And if it was out there, I'd chase it, believe me. But the best and most exciting thing I've ever found is Jesus. I was stunned. I've grown up in the church my whole life, and I've never heard anybody say that. I've heard them say that's what it should be. But to have the first response be because Jesus is everything. It's Psalm 63. Psalm 63.3, it says, Your steadfast love, O Lord, is better than life. Better than my marriage, better than my kids, better than the job I have or the job I want, better than getting married, better than having kids, better than any sort of money I could ever have. Your love, O Lord, you, O God, are better than life. Can you imagine if we believed that? Because most of the times I don't especially by the way I live my life. But I want to. I long to. I long, as Psalm 16, 11 says, that in your presence is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. John Piper asks it this way. If you could choose between all the pleasures of this life or God, which would you choose? I know what I should choose, but I know what I'd want to choose. I know what most days I choose. Because most of the time I follow Jesus because I know it's good for me, because I see the benefits in my life, because I know that if I do these things, then maybe I will reap some sort of blessing in my life, or I know that I should. For me, following Jesus is like eating kale. It's like, oh yeah, this is enjoyable. <laughs> yeah, they say it's good. I don't often enjoy it. It sounds bad to say out loud, but I wonder if many of you feel the same. I know it's good for me, but I kind of force myself to. Or it's like getting my oil changed. Maybe you're one of those auto guys that's like, yeah, a grease monkey. But like for most of us, I don't love doing that. It's just maintenance. It's things that I think I have to do so that I don't break. But God says it's life. Can you imagine if I followed Jesus, if we followed Jesus because relationship with him was better than anything else, it would change everything. 
It would change my perspective, my attitude, my desires, my relationships. Everything would be different. My marriage, my parenting, my job, my money, my time, my purpose. Because I see Jesus as the best there is, as the ultimate, as my delight. Do you want that? Or do you want to just keep playing church? Trying to go through the motions and and trying to just attain some sort of godliness. Because what God offers you is life, happiness, joy, extreme pleasure, and satisfaction. Psalm 34, excuse me, 37.4. Delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. But too often we look for our desires to bring us delight. Or our distractions to bring us delight instead of delighting in him to fulfill our desires. And I think it's because we get a lot of the whole thing backwards. Not just this one verse and not just the delight and desire thing, but if we zoom out in this passage a little bit and we look at the surrounding verses, here's what David says in 37 verses three through five. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and befriend faithfulness. Delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust in him and he will act. We see it. We see it written right there. We can can study that even for a long time, but for whatever reason, I think a lot of us get into this mindset and habit of, of saying, okay, what I need to do is I need to commit to the Lord. I need to commit my way to him. I need to set my eyes on him. I need to do these things. I need to discipline myself in this way. And if I do that, then it will lead me to a delight in him. It will lead me to a delight from him, of him. I will be delighted. And then maybe when it, the worst of the worst, then I'll trust him. I already do trust him, but maybe then I'll fully trust him when I experience and feel this delight. It's like a gym membership. I hate working out, but I'll try it for 30 days. And maybe I'll love it. So I look shredded and ripped. We kind of treat spiritual disciplines this way, and it's all backwards. We start by going commit, delight, trust. But what David and what Jesus would have us do is to trust in him. And from our trust in Jesus, be delighted in him because we have him. And from our delight of him, we can commit our ways, our lives to do his will, and he will act and produce fruit in us. What keeps us from delighting in him is we are far too easily distracted and we just get consumed in the wrong things instead of being consumed in Jesus. So how do we delight? How do we delight in God to delight in him to experience this joy, extreme pleasure and satisfaction and happiness? Well, the object of our delight is critical. It's Jesus. It's him. It's not the things that we get from God. It's not the gifts that we receive from God that we feel delight. That's not what the verse says. It's not that we get delight from God. It has us delight in God. That word in. Delight yourself in. Other translations say take delight in. You choose to delight in Jesus. Not what he gives us, but God himself. I've been uh, with my wife now for seven and a half years. We dated for five and a half years. 
So a long time ago when we started doing that, I, I started dating her because I noticed her. I thought she was cute, more than cute. She was a babe, strutting her stuff through the halls. And so I saw her and I, I asked her out. We went on a date and as we dated, I just enjoyed hanging out with her. I thought she was fun. I thought she was funny. We had a great time hanging out together. So we started spending more time together and we did that for five and a half years, so much so that I bought a ring and I asked her dad and I got down on one knee and I did the whole shebang and we got married. We've got three kids and a girl dog now. A whole other story. But we, we've got these things and, and it's amazing. I didn't ask my wife to marry her so that I could get a tax write-off. I didn't ask my wife to marry her so that I could come home and have dinner prepared. I didn't ask my wife to marry me so that we could... Have babies, that's ridiculous. I didn't ask my wife to marry me because it's socially acceptable or I've got a California king bed that's way too big for one person or I just love spending twice as much for meals when I go out to eat. That's not why I married her. I married her because I love her. Because she is a treasure, because I delight in her. She is my delight. I didn't marry her for the things that I could get once we are married her. I married her to get her. Our delight doesn't come from the things we get from God. Our delight is in the person of God, Jesus Christ. In him, we have fullness of joy. In him, we have fullness of pleasure forevermore. In the person of God. It is not our pleasures that give us delight. It is our pleasure to pursue Jesus that gives us delight. And I want you to hear something very clearly. Because some of you guys are in this room and you're just going, okay, great. All of this sounds fine if I'm married and I can have kids and life's good. But you don't understand what's happening in my life right now. My life's a wreck. I'm sitting in the midst of financial instability. We just got a cancer diagnosis. We just had our third miscarriage. How do I delight in that? Well, because delight is not from our circumstances. It is in our Savior. We don't delight in whatever situation is around us. We delight in our Savior regardless of the situation around us. That's what you see in uh, in Acts when Paul and Cyrus are sitting in prison, chained to a wall, hungry, probably dying, about to die. They are singing the praises of God because their delight is not in freedom. It's in freedom in Christ. You see it in Elizabeth with a barren womb. You see it in Abraham and Sarah in a barren womb. They cling to the promise of God by faith, not in their circumstance, in their Savior. Because our delight is in, in God, not in what he gives us, but in who he is. Our enjoyment and our joy is in a person. Jesus reconciled us to God so that we might enjoy him. So that we might find life in him. That we might be loved by him and from that we can love him. John 15, four through five. It says, abide in me and I in you and there you will bear much fruit. I am the vine, you are the branches As the branch cannot bear fruit by itself, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. It is only in Christ that any sort of life bears from. 
We don't just trust Christ because of the life we have. We find life as we trust in him and find delight in that. Jesus died not so that I could have this amazing life and these amazing things and stuff and health and wealth and prosperity. Jesus died so I could get God. Everything my soul desires in whom my soul is satisfied and who the deepest longing is fulfilled. Jesus didn't die to get us to heaven, although that is an amazing byproduct that I get to live for eternity with him. Jesus didn't just die to keep us from going to hell, although I'm so grateful that I can live forever with him. Jesus didn't just die so that I didn't have to sin anymore and I could be set free from my sin, although I'm so grateful for his goodness and grace. Jesus died to give me God from which all of that flows. And when I have God, when I choose to delight in him, my deepest desires that we talked about earlier, all of those things I get, everything I ever have, everything I wanted to be loved, accepted, to belong, to have purpose, to be wanted, to be forgiven. I am a child of God because in God I delight and there is delight forevermore. When I come home from work, come home after a long day, the garage goes up, I pull in, I open the door, I've got these three boys and they all jump off the couch and they go, Dad, Dad! They come running to the door and they try to tackle me. The, the oldest one gets there first and then the younger one, Hugh, he's like, he like kind of stumbles and trips over something and then the girl dog tries to chime in and yeah, dad, dad. they are so excited. They leave whatever Hot Wheels car, whatever Paw Patrol they're playing with because dad is home and they are delighted in me. Everything they've waited for is there and nothing else matters. I want to love Jesus like that. I want to love Jesus the way I see my boys love me and too often I don't. Too often I cling to my Hot Wheels car. Whatever temporary pleasure I've got, whatever tangible thing that I can hold, whatever thing that I, I think I can just go, no, I'm having fun over here. I can have God, my father over here. And I go, no, I'd rather have porn. I'd rather just be busy. But I can delight in him. God gave himself for us in the person of Jesus Christ so that we could give ourselves to him. We're able to delight in him because God delights in you. Do you know that? That God is delighted in you? Proverbs 8 talks about how God is delighted in the sons of men. He loves you, not for what you've done, not for anything that you will do. He loves you because he's created you, because you are his, because he is pursuing you in a way that every man should pursue his wife. He is pursuing you in a way that makes you feel loved, accepted, desired, wanted. He is delighted in you, and from that, we can delight in him. So how? How do we do that? Give yourself to him. Delight in him. Enjoy him. It may sound way too simple, but guys, it's a perspective shift. When we do that, when we think that way, I can just, I can just enjoy him. He's not looking for me to do these things for him. I don't have to appease him. 
I don't have to look for his approval. I can just enjoy him because he's given me everything. It will change your life. To indulge in him. To enjoy the God of the universe because he takes delight in you. And so how do we do that? 1 Corinthians 10.31 says, So whether you eat or drink, whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. Anything you can do can be something that you delight in him because God is everywhere you are. God is in you if you believe in him. Not only has he given you life, he is the source of life within you. And so whatever you do, glorify God in that. Delight in him in that. Maybe a lot of you are more spiritual than I, and you just love being in in your Bible for four hours, and the textual criticism, and underlining, and doing all these things. All of that is amazing. All of that is necessary for us to understand who God is revealed through his word. But sometimes we just need to go enjoy him in the way he's created us to be reminded that God is good, that he loves us. We can see it in his word and that we can see it lived out in our lives and each other's lives. And so how do we do that? First is just use your gifts. God has uniquely created each of us with a purpose, with a unique gift to bring to the body and to just bring to this world. And so maybe it's art. Maybe you enjoy creating and seeing the goodness of God, worshiping him in that. Maybe it's accounting. God bless you because it's not my gift. Maybe you just love to crunch numbers. You love to encourage. You love to serve. You love to write curriculum. You love to bake. You love to be with people. You love to worship. Whatever it is, use your gifts at your job, on your free time, whatever, and enjoy God in that. He's made you that way. Thank him for it and do what he created you to do. The second one is to just do what you love. And enjoy God in that. The pursuit of God is not only, it is a part of it, we do need to discipline ourselves so that we can grow in godliness, but the the pursuit of God is also a pleasure, an enjoyment, a delight. So do what you love. I love to wakeboard. One of the ways I worship God most is to get on a glassy lake on a beautiful morning and to be behind a boat with my my legs throbbing because I've been on there too long, watching a sunrise, and it is worship for me to be in the mountains, to be stirred by the awe and wonder of God, to stand at a starry night sky and to feel so small but know how greatly loved I am by the God of the universe. That is delight. Whatever it is that you love to do, wherever you love to be, go worship God and delight in that. Third is just to see God at work in the day-to-day. We live in the mundane. We live in the ordinary. God works in the extraordinary. And God's going to infuse himself just like he did Jesus into our world, into your world, by just little gifts that he gives you throughout the day. For me this weekend, it was just the little chatter and laughter of my boys running through the halls, and it just filled me with gratitude, knowing the journey my wife and I went through, through miscarriage, and not knowing if we'd have kids, to just be full of delight. To be with people I love, to be among you this morning, to just enjoy being together, to go out and see a sunrise with my boys and just say, thank you, God. It fills me with delight. And then fourth, which kind of encompasses all of these, choose him. 
Remember, it is delighting in God. And so every day when you wake up, just like if you're married, you're not married just because of a commitment you made a long time ago. You've got to choose your spouse every day. Every day, let's wake up and choose Jesus. Choose life in him. What he said is, I came that you may have life and have it abundantly. Have it to the full that you may delight in me. And too often I miss out because of my desires and distractions and doing for him. Indulge, just like that tasty burger that we pretended that we had. Take a big mouthful of his goodness and his grace. Drink deeply of his love. Drink deeply of the truth that he's revealed through his word and indulge in him and delight. Psalm 34, 8. It says, taste and see that the Lord is good. Taste it. Be consumed by it. The way you are consumed by it is you first taste it. You take a bite and you go, mmm, I want another. And you take another and another. And so you become indulged and consumed and you see it's good. Guys, that's a promise. Taste and see that the Lord is good. If you give yourself to him in that way, to seek him, to delight in him, that he is the source of your life. He will show you life in him. The New Testament equivalent of delight, a synonym for delight, is rejoice. They're kind of similar. Rejoice. Delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Philippians says, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I will say rejoice. If delight is this inward, mm, I love it, I love it, I love it. Rejoice is, enough around here. Too often we miss out on delight, but when's the last time you rejoiced? Just now. Feels good. <laughs> Guys, if we believe that God is who he says he is, that Jesus has done what he's done so that we could have God and have life in him, why wouldn't we shout it? Not just as evangelism to other people, but to one another. To come in this room and remind each other of the goodness of God that has saved us. Rejoice. And again, I say rejoice. Man, if it's just you and me, let's do it, buddy. <laughs> and so, guys, we're going to sing. We're going to do that. We are going to delight together among each other to remind each other of the goodness of God. We can do that in what we love. We can do that in his word that he has for us every day. We can do that amongst each other as his people. If you're in here and you're going through a really hard time and you don't know how to delight right now, hear the words sung over you by God's people, by your family that reminds you that God is good. He is with you. We are with you. We don't sing because we're fools. We sing because we have faith that God's one. And our hope and our life and our joy is in him. So we're going to sing this song by Shannon Shane, Psalm 34. And there's a part where it kicks in. Oh, taste and see. It hits. Okay, it is not delightful for all of us to stand in here with the words on the screen and just go, magnify love me. Coming so name. 
guys, rejoice. When that part hits, if you know God, not to just make it manipulative, but let's shout it. Let's scream it. Let's remind each other of the goodness of God through song that he has changed our lives and he can change yours if you don't know him. Let me pray and then we're gonna rejoice together. Heavenly Father, thank you for Jesus. Thank you that we can fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross so that we could have life and life to the full. Thank you, Lord, that we can delight in you. Not because of the hand we've been dealt, not because we're going through a good time in life, regardless of our circumstance, because of our Savior, our hope, our joy, our happiness, our pleasure is in you because you delight in us. So Lord, we love you. We thank you. We praise you. We pray that we will find life and life to the full in you, not in the things of this world. Thank you that you love us. We love you. It's in Jesus' name we pray.